With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic Sea Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their coronatools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, America's most beloved consulting rosarian, your Gaga and mine, Susan Fox from gagasgarden.com will be my guest today to share her tips for caring for your roses during this unseasonably warm weather. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Mrs. Susan Fox. Hello, Susan. Hi, June. It's so great to hear from you. How are you today? Oh, I'm great, Susan. I tell you, the best thing that I did this entire growing season was adding, and I know that a lot of people are going to cringe, but adding knockout roses to my garden because I am not always a great gardener, and I'm a master gardener, which makes it more embarrassing. But during August and September, I had a lot of projects outside, and unfortunately, a lot of plants that I really nurtured throughout the growing season, you know, unfortunately, they're not uh, blooming or they died. I had some impatience that already died off. My basil, interestingly enough, two days ago, just turned black and died. I don't think it was because of the weather, but, you know, then again, it could be. I'm kind of not ready to let go of summer at this point, I guess you could say. I will tell you, the discounted knockout roses that I bought that one summer day, they've been the gem of my collection this entire season. So I know that they're not as ornate as the roses that you have in your gardens. Your gardens are just gorgeous. As I said, I'm hanging on to summer, and I'm just happy that I still have something blooming. You know, June, I have some really special knockouts and a couple of the first roses I put in were knockouts, a double knockout that my husband requested because he loves knockouts and the creator of knockouts, Will Radler has some wonderful tips about getting your roses ready for winter right now when the weather is nice. And that's one of the things that's great about that we can take advantage of when the weather is a little bit unseasonably warm because a lot of us wait until it's freezing cold and then you have to put on your gloves and your boots and your long underwear. So uh, Will Radler, the creator of the knockouts, um, says, you know, there's many factors why a lot of plants are winter hardy and uh, some of the 
he said that some of the artificial means that are used to bring a plant through winter can often conflict with some of the beneficial factors that we want to use to keep our roses in a natural way of being winter hardy, like just putting plenty of mulch around them all through the year. Yeah, I think it's important to properly nourish any of the plants that are in your garden, whether they're a showpiece or just an important part of your, your garden landscape. I know that for me, my schedule tends to get busy towards the latter part of the growing season, and unfortunately, I need more plants that require little to no effort. I mean, everything needs some effort, let's face it, but there are some some degrees of maintenance that are more intense as opposed to others. That much I think we can agree upon, but I'm just at a point where even a new way of thinking I'm starting to plant more perennials as opposed to annuals. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to do more with the time that I have that will require less maintenance in the future. I mean, I do enjoy deadheading, believe it or not. I find that it's very relaxing. I also look forward to see the new growth. Mm-hmm. It's something that a lot of people either they'll make the effort or they won't, but with certain plants, I know that they are going to require more effort as far as pruning and whatnot, but you do as much as you can. That's all I tell people. Mm-hmm. Anybody that anybody that's too hard on themselves, it's just not necessary. I once met a professor who had the most beautiful gardens. Uh, he's at Farmingdale College, actually, on Long Island, and he made a comment about his home gardens, and he said, my my wife only wishes that the gardens here were the same way at home. And I was so happy that he shared that with us because I used to beat myself up tremendously because I would get busy. It's always in August. I was always busy and would not make as much time as I really should. And you, Susan, you're one of the few people that I know that does everything everything yourself and I actually received a compliment about a picture that you'd sent me for my birthday this past year my sister who is my older sister who's very interested in learning more about gardening and different types of roses and other flowers and plants she's really making a very big effort to learn more so that she can add to her collections she made a comment about this one particular picture that you sent me as a birthday card. And she said to me, where did you buy that? And I said, oh, I didn't buy that. I said, that was a gift from Susan Fox. And she said, where did Susan get it? And I said, Susan grew that. And she actually asked me, how big is your staff? Because she figured that (laughs) you had a fleet of people like Martha Stewart. And I said, nope, Susan is a rarity in the world of gardening. And that's not just roses, but gardening. Susan has just her and her husband, and you do everything. And it's just amazing. The gardens that you have, to a certain degree, I wish I could just kind of um, go to your house and transplant everything to my property, but <laughs> you live a little far apart. But also, that's not that's not a reality, even if you could. But, uh, Susan, you were one of the very few people that I have ever heard of that does everything, and I do mean everything, with no hired help. 
everything is all you and your husband and mostly you actually. So I just want to say you inspire me. I'm in awe of you. Thank you so much, June. You you really humble me because, uh, you know, lots of times my husband, when I'm talking about the roses, you know, he will say, um, you know, like he, he will go out there and sometimes have to dig a hole. But, you know, a lot of times I'm still the one that's digging the holes unless I can't get through the clay. And we did acquire the tractor, but the tractor, you know, it won't dig individual the individual holes and they have to be quite deep to to really uh, plant a rose properly but he does like to get his credit but uh, he will remind me if I'm asking for help he'll say whose rose garden is it so um, he'll chasten me and get me back out there and and it has happened where I'll jump on the shovel and the shovel will will uh, uh, give me a little rock back because I can't get into the ground so thank you June it's nice to hear so well thank you Susan you inspire so many people and just from the number of emails and comments that we receive on social media and even through theorganicview.com about the numerous segments that you've done the advice that you've given is tremendous. I mean, people all over the world just adore you. So it's not just here in America, but just globally. So many people know your work. They know how humble you are, and it's just it, it's been a it's been an honor to be able to work with you all these years. And folks, I have a very special announcement. Uh, while we're on this subject, Susan is going to be hosting a new series called The Rosarian's View. Since she is a certified consulting Rosarian and an award-winning Rosarian, might I also add, one who's also been a judge numerous times at some of the most prestigious competitions, might I add, and Susan will be hosting a program that will focus on a lot of issues within the rose-growing community, which will basically serve as a very unique platform to really help people understand some of the things that may not be addressed elsewhere. So, Susan, it's going to be a very, very interesting endeavor, especially since, you know, you have so much popularity, you have such a huge following on social media. And let's face it, that picture of you at the Biltmore smelling the roses is, in my mind, the perfect epitome of what, someone with your achievements and accomplishments would look like. I want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) June, that is so lovely of you to say. And that picture was taken during the Biltmore Rose Trials. And that that event was created, as you probably know, by uh, Paul Zimmerman. And the picture was taken like so many great pictures are. It was taken when I was unaware by the publicist of the Biltmore, Leanne Donnelly, and it's still up on their blog post for the winning, uh, all of the winners of the Biltmore Rose Trials of 2014. So, um, and I was just leaning over to smell because one of the categories of, of the rose, of, you know, judging the rose is for fragrance. So the rose was bajazzo. I leaned in to smell it. I didn't know that picture was being taken. And, um, and, 
So I had people in um, Bermuda call me, and it was in the papers in uh, uh, all in Asheville, and it was it just went everywhere. And I'm really humbled by that, and I've seen it everywhere, and I just was amazed. So it was Leanne Donnelly's picture, and thank you so much for mentioning it. So um, again, it's a very humbling experience. Well, Susan, I know that we can expect great things coming from you, and I do wish you all the best with the new series. I know I'm very confident. I couldn't have selected somebody who represents, in my mind, what I view someone who does what you do is like. The knowledge and just based upon the interviews, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You see the thousands and thousands of views and all the comments and whatnot, and it's you know, it's uh, something that's I think is really going to add to the educational component that we offer with all the shows at the Organic View. So um, I know a lot of people are very excited about this. Now, in regards to today's topic, this is kind of an unusual fall season because the weather is so incredibly warm. And we've had warm spells before, which sometimes they refer to as Indian summer. Mm-hmm. I took like a bird's eye view into the upcoming weather patterns for the next month, and it's actually going to be pretty warm until almost the end of November. Oh, really? I, you know, At least in New I, York. I meant to do it, uh, and you know, I was really excited. I I was just, you know, June, you're so easy to talk to, and um, I think that's why people probably love to listen to you because you're just uh you've got such a melodious voice and and uh again you're just easy to talk to and i was so excited that you mentioned uh the knockouts and it just segued into what um if i may quote william radler because and your shows you know the organic view and uh this is when i was researching about the best way to winterize roses and things you could do um if I can just quote what he, the full, you know, full thing that he thinks is the very best thing, is that he said for die, die back hardy woody plants, the simplest winter protection technique is to apply those few inches of mulch year round, and it allows the plant in the autumn to grow into its fullest state of natural dormancy. But it also prevents the soil from getting as cold as wood in the open ground. And it allows our plant to break dormancy slower in the spring. But this is important to do right now is cutting back the canes only in the spring provides shade to the lower branches and helps attract that snow to cover and insulate and guards against lower temperature injuries and that fluctuating temperatures. And I want to stress that because last year was the most fluctuating here in my zone. And be sure that you go, I like plant maps, P-L-A-N-T-M-A-P-S dot com to identify your um, your plant hardiness zone because it tells you everything, like when your frost is going to come, you know, in the earliest frost date. And um, be sure to figure out your, your plant hardiness zone and so you can start getting ready for um you know, when you think that your your frost is going to be. But a lot of people don't realize this. Your roses can endure like three days of temperatures below 21 degrees. Did you know that, June? Because a lot of I people did not. Don't. Yes, they don't, they don't just die like the first frost. 
So, you know, you have time and you need to let them harden some before you, um, and before you start really making all of your preparations so you have time and don't do any more deadheading, start letting them make rose hips because that's a signal to your plants to go into dormancy. So, you know, you can cut a few roses if you want to bring in some for your table or even if you have some with this warm weather into November, you know, you say, wow, I have roses for Thanksgiving. Well, sure, you can cut a few, but let your plants make the rose hips. So quit deadheading. You want to tell your roses, hey, it's time to go to sleep. Just let them make the rose hips, you know. So, you know, I know a lot of us who don't like a messy garden. Well, it's time to let them get messy and look wild. And I kind of like that. So those I I appreciate you telling me that because that's a good reminder. And once again, I have so many different plants on my property. I sometimes you just forget. I mean, anybody Mm -hmm. who tells Mm -hmm. me that they know everything and you know they're they're so perfect, yeah, I usually laugh at them because everybody makes mistakes. Or sometimes you just forget, and especially unless you have somebody that is with you or a group of people to remind you, I mean, some, it's just very easy to forget. So I appreciate those reminders. Now, my question for you is, I never actually planted the two knockout roses. They're still in the same container that I bought them in. Mm-hmm. So okay. do I plant them now or can I leave them in the container and do I bring them inside to overwinter or do I leave them outside? Well, you can do both, June. You can you can literally have your cake and eat it too. You can have your rose cake and eat it too. I have I have a knockout that I have kept in the container for years and I bring it I've put it in a big container. I guess like a I guess you would say like a 5 gallon, you know, the biggest container and I bring it in into the garage. I put it by a um a lit window and it it keeps a few leaves, but it kind of goes into a dormancy state. And I I water, but not a lot of water through the winter. You just need to. But, but, you know, I had a young guy who was bringing his plants in in the winter, and he said to me, oh, my gosh, Susan, they're really looking bad. And I said, are you watering them? And, you know, have you ever had someone that the light bulb just goes off? And he's like, well, no. I said, well, you can't quit watering them when you bring them in for the winter. They're still alive. So don't forget, folks, if you're bringing your plants and your container plants into your garage or a place that even if it's 45 or 50, don't quit watering them. They've, they have less water, but they are alive. So go ahead, June. You can leave them in the container, put them by a lit window, but don't forget to water it over the winter. And you can still, I had, I did a big planting for um, a company that said they wanted to show folks how you can plant your roses in the fall. And you should see, June, I planted, they sent a whole case full of 36 roses. Can you imagine doing that in the, in the fall? And I planted all of them for the test to see how they would overwinter. And they did great. They just did great. So, um, you know what? People just have the bug to plant in the spring, but you can plant in the winter, in the fall. But you want to plant early enough 
before the frost so those roots can get a little established and then do some uh, good mulch cover-up. Does that make sense? Sure. But what do you do if the temperatures do drop below 40 degrees up here? Should I, like I have a back, I have what they call a Florida room, uh, which is an enclosed back porch. So do I leave them back there or do I bring them inside Um, near a window? I, uh, it's, you can bring your container rose if you put your knockout. I I try to bring it in by a window, you know, if you've got room for it, you know, I think I would because I, I know the tropicals. I bring my jasmine in. You know what I mean? I can't leave that outside. It can't go, you know, in in really cold weather. Um, But if you've got room for it, sure, bring it in. It's not going to bloom great through the winter, but I've seen some roses. Some people go ahead and bring a grow light in, and they grow their miniatures right in the house, you know, through the winters. You know, there's people who start roses in their basement with grow lights and things june so bring it in you'll have fun with it what if i wanted to plant it outside i mean i could always transplant it if i want sure. to in the Keep spring it. Tonight. because i like i'm really you know a spring planter i like to plant in the spring but you know what happens out here there are so many plants that are reduced in the fall that I can literally, I really encourage people to go and get those bargains like you were talking about, June. You should see the dollar tables. I mean, I have gotten so many gorgeous perennials, and I love to go and get them. And sometimes I haven't even known what the plants are. I don't find out until the next fall when they're just blooming like crazy, like, um, oh, what are those gorgeous daisies, you know, the white daisies? Um, and I can't think of the name, but... Um, Yes, we have Montauk daisies. Montauk daisies. I didn't know that's what they were, and I put them in, and now they've they have uh, multiplied. I mean, I I just love to tell folks go out there and check the tables in your local um, garden centers and buy off all those perennials because annuals will just bleed you dry. Um, You know, look in the spring they're going to cost a fortune, and you can buy a bunch of annuals and get them at a low price and put them in in the fall and have some fun when the weather's nice. Is that, that's just a fun thing to do. I love to plant everything. I love to plant yeah, everything. I, I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Now, Susan, with regard to protecting mm-hmm. your, your roses from severe inclement weather, I have no idea what to expect. Last winter was yes. exceptionally mild. Uh, we did get a few pretty intense snowstorms, but for the most part, it was a very, very mild winter. However, that's, I don't think that that's going to be the norm. So what do you do when we have the ice, the, the the snow and all that? What do you do? I mean, is there anything that you could do to protect your roses, especially you know from, from all the ice and whatnot? I mean, should you cover them? What do you do when well, these things happen? Well, you know, I... I had sent, I've got a couple of articles because I give folks an option because uh, for the super cold climates, um, you know, if you can grow roses in Minneapolis, just God love you, you know, because the things that are done in Minneapolis to protect roses are just beyond the pale. I mean, they actually tip their roses and um, meaning they dig up the roses on the side, tip them over and literally 
bury them below ground. So there are from that radical, and I did that in Northern Illinois, and I'm not doing it again. I'm just letting everybody know who's listening. I'm not doing it. So if it required that to grow roses, folks, June would not be speaking to me right now. So with that said, I believe in um, right now, one super economic thing that you can be doing is have your kids get out there and gather up as many of your own leaves as possible. Just gather them up in those lawn bags. Leaves are excellent way to mix with some of your own soil and mulch and stack it up around your um, around your roses. And then you can um, you just around the house. Mine kind of blow in there and form a natural barrier. But you want to. Um, have as much protection around them as possible and it just forms a natural barrier around your roses so uh, that's what i start doing i have i gather my own leaves and put them in the lawn bag so i can have lots of leaves and mulch to put around them and that's pretty much and you know i still talk to some people one um one of the people that's pretty um you know uh, She's on the board in the Rose Society, and she's in Wisconsin, and she still does not, she doesn't do any rose um, protection in the winter. She, you know, they just don't do any extra. So, um, but I do the mulch and leaves, and um, that that's what I think is the best thing to do. But uh, if you're in, a, in the far north, then you can, um, I've got what, um, She's highly regarded, and her name is Deb Kaiser. I have it on my website, and she is revolutionary. She uses um, construction um, cloths, and she puts up, she trims them back, and she puts up some posts and bricks and covers them up with construction cloths. And I thought that was really great, you know, great idea. So there's several options for you to do, just however much work you want to do. Well, I just want to share something that I've done with Mm -hmm. gooseberries. My gooseberry bush is planted facing Mm -hmm. north, believe it or not. And it's right next to my Montauk daisies. And it's still in the original container. I never bothered planting it, but I don't, I mean, it's obviously established established roots. It's, It's a big bush. But what I found is the leaves that blow in i i have all evergreens so i don't have any deciduous trees Mm -hmm. on the front part of my land and from the neighborhood the leaves blow in and i just found that i leave i leave the leaves be i try to rake up a certain portion of the of the leaves just so that um nobody gets hurt walking you know slipping on the leaves so on and so forth you know the sidewalk stuff like that but for the most part i do leave a good portion of the leaves on the side because of other things such as butterflies. Butterflies do overwinter in those leaves, Mm -hmm. but it also does protect Mm -hmm. these plants. And even though I may not make as much effort towards the end of the growing season as I should with regards to my gardens, I don't want to kill plants unnecessarily. So, you know, that's something that's very important. Now, one question that I have for you is, 
is there anything that you can do as far as different treatments or whatnot for plants to protect them from any types of diseases? Well, I had explained to you before, there are some, this is a treatment that some people do for, to help um, protect or the the spore for um, black spot is in the air, as we know, all the time. And some people uh, use a treatment of um, um, lime sulfur on the ground. And But I really, I had mentioned to, to you earlier, I really would want to research and make sure that's not, you know, it's not dangerous to other um, messing up the ecosystem. I have not done that. I just want to let, you know, your listeners know, and I don't know, I know that it's a natural substance, and um, I am planting, right now I'm planting more and more roses. As better roses come out, I'm planting more and more roses that are just naturally um, more disease resistant. You know, I just like plants that are easier care, so, but it's worth looking into, so that's that's what I really think. Uh, and you know what I read, and I did put this on my website, a natural way to take care of black spot was mixing one half milk and water. Um, that The, the uh, ingredients in milk helps to um, take care of that spore of black spot. And I read more about it, and it's been highly effective. And then another uh, person said that you actually could mix one third of milk with water to help prevent black spots. So I'm definitely going to try that because I know that milk isn't, is not a harmful ingredient. And I am very cautious about using anything because we need the good insects and um, I'm pro-good insect. So um, that's, I think that's an excellent idea. Well, if you do have to use some mm -hmm. sort of application, I think especially since I work with so many beekeepers, it's important to remember if you're going to do it, do it towards the latter part of the day, uh, preferably after mm -hmm. the bees mm -hmm. are done foraging. And secondly, I guess this is more of a question than a comment, but is there a way that you could test the soil to see what type of amendment would be needed? Or, or is there any sort of test that you can do well, we have, uh, and most areas do have extension services that will help you to test your soil to see uh, what amendments are needed or if there's some sort of a pollutant in it. I know that. Um, so check what extension service is in your area through your local uh, agricultural area. I know there in Plano, the uh, Texas A&M had an agricultural, you know, the Ag Center just uh, check and see, call your county, your local county, and see who does soil tests. It never hurts to have a soil test because this tells you, um, I had one done and it was just amazing. It said my soil at the time was uh, way too high. I had been using a fertilizer that was too high in uh, potassium and um, it I needed to literally water a lot more to it uh, rinse out the excess potassium. So you see, you just don't know. And I, I had just 
you just get a feeling when you work with your soil and your plants constantly um you know i hope that doesn't i but you do you get a a feeling and you see how your plants are doing and it, and my plants have just been just outstanding and then they just were kind of languishing so i knew something wasn't right so um i had it tested and it showed me exactly what what i needed as in the way of a soil amendment so don't guess take it to be tested or if you live way too far you can mail your i'm sure check online there's some place for you to mail in your soil to be tested and it'll tell you if you've got anything that's toxic in your soil well, it, I think it depends upon the extension service because I know here in New York, mm-hmm. Cooperative Extension is, from what I've done as a master gardener, will test the soil's mm-hmm. pH to let you know I what could, men. Yeah. I have this someplace. I'm sorry, June, I didn't mean to interrupt. Excuse me. Um, but if you want, I still have this copy from a long time ago. It's not extremely legible, but I'd surely share it with you. Okay. Sure. What what I was going to say is the local cooperative extension here, they just simply mm-hmm. test for pH level. They don't tell you what's toxic in your soil, this and that. You really need to go for a private lab for that. But in other parts of the country, you know, just check with your local cooperative extension or check with the local ag school, and they'll tell you where you can go to get the services okay. done. So, But that's excellent advice. I'm sorry. You know, you may be right. I uh, about the the. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.